You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to Orange and Blue Blood, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. Anyway, uh, like I said, NBA free agency is upon us. This is our NBA free agency spectacular extravaganza, whatever you want to call it. Um, it begins Friday. Teams will be able to, quote unquote, legally contact free agents and negotiate contracts. We know a lot of that's happening already. Among the big free agents you have this year, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Draymond Green, Chris Middleton, Kyle uh, Kuzma, Fred Van Vliet, Brooke Lopez, Jeremy Grant, Harrison Barnes, Austin Reeves, and plenty more. One expected free agent who was already off the board now is Nikola Vucevic. He actually signed or has agreed to a three-year, $60 million deal to return to Chicago. So that's one name off the board going back to Chicago. But when we think about um, these big-name these big name free agents, Tommy, any guys you could see potentially changing teams this offseason? The uh, I thought it was very interesting. Mark Stein and his Substack uh, this morning, um, I, you'd have heard kind of rumors about Fred Van Vliet, you know, the, the mm-hmm. Rockets owe some money at Fred Van Vliet. Per Stein, th- this is a quote, it would be a legitimate league-wide surprise now if Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks don't strike verbal, verbal agreements to join the Houston Rockets Friday night. So um, it seemed wow. like it was kind of, you know, something kind of on the periphery. Maybe it happens, you know. Um, but uh, the, the Rockets have you know, upwards of $50 million in cash space, by far the most in the NBA. There's a lot of talk around the league. Who are they going to throw that money at? Um, who are they going to, yeah. you know, make, you know, make, make, give somebody a real tough decision to turn down that money. sounds like Fred Van Vliet, that guy, then kind of the rest of the dominoes will fall into place because once the Rockets cap space is, is, is used up, there's very few got very few teams that can have, that can offer more than, you know, 20, 25, you know, let alone a, a max contract. So then teams are going to have to fight it out for the mid-level guys um, and, and some other players we'll talk about, but um, that could be the, a very interesting first domino to fall. Um, it'd be fascinating to see what the Rockets do. Um, should they sign in particular Fred Van Vliet? I've long been a, f- a fan of FEV. Um, I was hoping the Knicks would sign him when he originally signed his contract to stay in yeah. Toronto. Um, as it turned out, I was wrong, um, and, and the Knicks uh, smartly saved that cap space and money um, and, and invested into Jalen Brunson, um, which looks like a brilliant signing right now. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but that's definitely one name I'll be keeping an eye on early Friday clock, Friday around you know, 6 o'clock or so. Yeah, I think that Fred Van Vliet is probably all but gone. I think from Toronto, it, it appears that – they may be going in a different direction. There's a lot of money that can be spent by a team like the Rockets that I think will make Toronto have to really think and say, hey, you know, we're a team that missed the playoffs. Um, we're kind of a team in a little bit of a no man's land, and that would make for an interesting conversation what they do with Pascal Siakam. Where And, and since, since we're on the Raptors, did you happen to notice that there was a certain small forward, Raptors small forward, that changed? Oh, things? yes. Oh, yes. OG Anobi, who is, was uh, a clutch sports client, I believe Rich Paul was his actual agent, um, has left clutch sports, and he is signed with CAA. So CAA, that, that sounds familiar, EJ. Is, that, is there any Knicks connections with CAA? Oh, uh, yeah, quite a few. The okay. president of the Knicks used to run CAA, oh, so there you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> And his son, I think his son does so. Oh, he's an agent for CAA. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, son's an agent for CAA. Son's an agent for Nick's representative, the first of Nick players uh, on the team currently. So 
that was very interesting. And the and some of the, the departures we're seeing from Clutch Sports are also interesting as well to note. But yes, Ojan Newby, he's changed agencies. And usually when you see a guy change agencies, usually it means they're trying to get out of their current situation. So him going to CAA, uh, an agency that is deeply tied to the Knicks, also an interesting note. So Toronto, they got a lot going on. I don't think that probably, I don't, honestly, at this point, I don't know if giving Fred Van Vliet $140 million makes a lot of sense for them at this point if they know that they're probably looking down the barrel of a rebuild. So he's a name. I think Kyle Kuzma is going to be a name that's 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 going to be mentioned because I don't think uh, Washington is going to be all that interested and probably bringing him back. So we'll see what kind of money he gets out there on, on the open market. Um, I'm curious. I, I've seen a lot about Harrison Barnes too. Like it doesn't sound like Sacramento is like hell bent on bringing him back, which is a little surprising. Cause I thought he was a really kind of perfect veteran, perfect kind of guy uh, to kind of hold that thing together. Kind of a glue guy for the Kings, but I think that he's going to end up getting uh, good money from somewhere, but it feels like those top end guys, Kyrie, Harden, Green, Middleton. It sounds like those guys will likely stay where they are. Do you you have do you think there's any chance any of those guys potentially get get sent somewhere else? It sounds like Harden's leaning Philadelphia now, and it, and if if Van Vliet goes to Houston, then that'll kind of settle it, uh, make an easy, yeah. easy decision for him. Though we'll find out tonight if he opts in. That's the other thing: get opt in, and then you know play the game, and then kind of kick the can down the road, um, and, and you know maybe join Houston in a couple of years. Um, you know, because we'll, it sounds like that's where he kind of wants to spend his uh, twilight. Um, so we'll see how that plays. It. I'm shocked, but it sounds like the Mavs are going to give Kyrie Irving. Uh, you know, close to 200 million over you know, four or five years, which would is just it's such an incredibly um, unwise decision, in my opinion. This guy has proven that he doesn't make teams better, um, and that you regret handing him guaranteed a, a contract, guaranteed money. We'll see how that plays itself out. Um, Draymond Green was the one name that I thought was interesting. I actually even um, had uh, some thoughts about a potential sign and trade involving the Knicks. You know, maybe a Nick send Randall and, and bring Draymond mm. Green East. Um, but with Jordan Poole shipped out to Washington, it seems like um, the, the Warriors are going to commit to keep their core, you know, core three guys intact and and uh, see if they can push along here. Um, yeah. So, I, I you know, I, don't, I, I Chris Middleton, I assume he signs with the Bucks. Um, and, and Brooke Lopez. I was, I was a little surprised he opted out. I, I, I mean, he's making 40 plus million this next year. He's been really injury prone. Like, really injury. I'm I'll be curious like does he get like a you know a what what do you call it, like a lifetime achievement kind of contract from the from the Bucks saying hey you've been a great buck you won a championship so here's money you're probably never gonna ever live up to because he's well, a guy that I looked at as a for like when I was thinking about players available as office, I said look the Knicks could get a healthy Chris Mills and that'd be great but he just looks nothing like that player anymore at this point. I, I I'd roll the dice on Middleton if I could. Um mm. uh, even at even at a high price. I think the issue, uh, and he realizes this, and the Bucks realize this. If they lose him for nothing, they can't use that forty million dollars in right. player. Um, right. So he, yeah. He basically, you know, I don't think he's going to get a, you know, two, you know, I don't think he's going to get a, a fifty million dollar annual. He may get thirty five, but then guarantee it over four years or five years, something along those lines, um, which obviously, obviously is a risk. But his, so he may actually take a pay cut, you know, based on it, you know, he make make less or you know maybe forty, and then a, a descending value contract. Um, but you know, what are the Bucks going to do if they lose him and Lopez, uh, Middleton and Lopez? You know, you, you, you have Giannis who's you know inching closer to free agency, which is obviously 
obviously some some Nick fans are keeping an eye on. Um, you have yeah. to do you have to do what it takes to uh, you know to, to keep him happy. Um, Drew Holiday's money is going to be coming off the book soon, so um, I, I could see them you know headed in that direction. But I, I do think he resigns there. Yeah, uh, and when it comes to some of the bigger bargains among this free agent class, any guys you look at and say this guy guy may not go for you know 150 100 million, but a team that gets this guy could be getting a steal. Yeah, so I wrote about 15 players the Knicks can target um, on my Substack this morning. Um, so it's publishing out there. Um, a couple names. One, I th- I'm I'm, inter- I'm surprised that Kyrus Levert has gotten so little kind of attention buzz mm. um, o- over the last couple weeks and, and months leading into free agency. Um, you know, this is a guy we saw him firsthand against that series. Yeah, he was the guy that didn't seem to get <laughs> Yeah, he was like the only guy besides Mitchell causing any problems for the Knicks during that series. Totally. Um, you know, averaged 18 points, 5.5 rebounds, 3.3 made threes. Um, the final four games of that series when they finally kind of turned him loose and, and let him play some minutes. Started 30 games for the Cavs last year, averaged 15, 4, and 5 in those contests. Shot over 42% from three. So, again, he's a guy that's had some injury his, injury issues in, in years past, but appeared in 74 games this season. Um, you know, as I wrote in my post, I, I would prefer him to DiVincenzo if I had the choice between the Absolutely. two in terms of the yeah. full mid-level. It sounds like the, the Pacers, uh, I'm sorry, the Cavs are going to, um, uh, they traded a first-round pick for him. It sounds like they're going to offer him in the $15 million range, so it'll exceed what the highest, what all those other teams that have the mid-level. Um, you know, they, they, yeah. they it looks, it sounds, I, I think it was Chris Fedor of the, of the Cleveland Plain Dealer who reported that they'd be comfortable in that 15 to $18 million range, which would take the Knicks out of competition. Um, he's one guy that I would love to see slip through the cracks. Grant Williams on Boston. Um, it sounds, mm. it seems like he might have played his last game in Beantown um, with the trade of uh, Chris Naps Porzingis. Um, Celtics also drafted Jordan Walsh out of Arkansas. Yeah. Um, you know, so so they have some some depth there. You would assume to make up for Williams coming off a, a relatively poor postseason, especially compared to his twenty twenty two postseason. But um, I love the way Williams plays. Um, you know, tenacity, heart. Um, he's aggressive. You know, and those are the type of characteristics that that win you spots in Tom Thibodeau's rotation. Um, Seth Curry's a name. Uh, a yeah. lot of. A lot of people have talked about the Knicks want shooters. That's certainly somebody I'd be interested in. Joe Ingles, kind of that same mold, veteran, sharpshooter, reliable locker room presence. Um, one player um, that I, uh, you know, talk about undervalued guys, Matisse Thibel. Um, as a player, I've, I've you know, mm-hmm. liked for a long time. I like those kind of, you know, elite perimeter defenders. Um, he's restricted, so you assume that the the, the Pacers, I'm sorry, the Blazers, the Blazers would, yeah. would match any reasonable contract. But he's definitely something I'm going to kick somebody I'm going to kick the tires on because I think he would fit in perfectly. Um, you know, when you talk about high usage offensive players with limited defensive abilities, Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, to name two specifically, you can stick a guy like that alongside them and he can kind of hide in the corner, shot 42% for Portland over the final two months of the season. Um, a couple of the names I'll just throw at you, Danilo Gallinari, sounds like he's going to receive a buyout with Washington. Would he be yeah. willing to, to, to eat up some minutes at the four, especially if the Knicks move on from Obi Toppin? And uh, Yuto Watanabe um, played well for Brooklyn last season. I was looking at his numbers this morning. They're really quite impressive. Uh, shot over 49% from yeah. the floor, shot 44.4% from behind the arc, um, you know, plays with the, you know an aggressive and kind of infectious spirit um, on yeah. both ends of the floor. Um, uh, 279 players attempted more than 103 
three-pointers last season. He was one of only two to shoot above 49 from the floor, above 44 from three. The other was Luke Kennard. So I, I think he's one of those guys that, you know, at this time of the year and over the next few weeks, everybody will be looking for the next Bruce Brown player where the, 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 the Nuggets got him for a $5 million contract and he was a key bench piece on a team that won a championship. Those are the teams, those are the players, especially in this new CBA, which we'll talk about in a minute, kind of those fringe pieces that can kind of put you over the top that you need to excel. Yeah, and Watanabe is an interesting case to me because in many ways he uh, he excelled in the role that Tom Thibodeau has kind of, uh, you know, yes. burdened on Obi Toppin, like this stand the corner and shoot threes and run around guy, be that guy, even though Obi Toppin drafted as a lottery pick, number eight pick in the draft, national player year in college, you would think that he he would have a role much bigger than that. Um, that's the role that Watanabe has carved himself a, a place in the league with. I actually got to interview Watanabe when he was uh, a G League player um, years ago, so to see him, a two-way player, so to see him kind of become what he became for the Nets was was really awesome for me. So, like, I, I looked at him as a free agent. I thought that if there's a, a Watanabe to the Knicks deal, I would be looking at seeing, okay, where's Obi Toppin's next home going to be? Yeah. It feels like he would be kind of a perfect perfect fit with Tom Thibodeau. I, I've mentioned Seth Curry a ton. I know there's a, a weird kind of log jam in the backcourt, and they just picked up Miles McBride's option, which they should have done, obviously, but um, they need to they need shooting and and they need they need to have options if guys aren't playing well that they could put in that can make shots. I think that's also some of the issue the Knicks have, like whether it's been as much as I love Deuce, but you, you just Deuce or Jericho Simmons being those guys kind of on the fringe of the rotation. Neither of those guys come in and make shots. They're gonna give you defense and energy and things like that, but there needs to be an option. Okay, we're not making shots. We can go to somebody else who makes shots, not another guy who's going to guard somebody. So, I would love to see Seth Curry here. I feel like it's probably unlikely given the log jam at the guard position, unless they decide to move on from some of these guys in the backcourt, as we mentioned. Um, and it's funny, you know, I don't know how much money Bruce Brown's going to get, but the way he played in the finals, I kind of wondered, hey, is there a spot for him on this team as, as, as a backup guard? Like, uh, is he going to make more than a mid-level exception? I, I can't it's, imagine that, but I, I don't know. Um, Kurt Heelan of NBC reported that he thinks he gets $15 million a year, so um, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, that's that that's that finals bump, you know. Yes, <laughs> yes. Like, he's a good player. I don't know I don't know if I'd give him $15 million, but 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 he's a guy I also would consider. I think this is going to be – this is probably going to be one of the more interesting free agencies maybe ever because there's – not that much money. Very few teams under the cap. So <laughs> almost the entire league is working with essentially the mid-level exception of varying degrees, whether it's the taxpayer or the full mid-level. Well, you and, know then, the and then you have all these guys who are kind of like slightly better than mid-level exception kind of guys. So like how many of these guys will actually spring loose and be available for these teams to sign? It's going to make it really interesting. Well, you know the Knicks' number one priority will be a player that um, it sounds like it's not going to be restricted Portland Trailblazer Cam Reddish. Uh, you know, <laughs> that is number one priority. So we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just crazy to see how you know it happens when you're you're you have a team and these are the guys you have. So we we're all in on these guys. And we talk so much about these guys, and it's funny. I've been talking about it a lot with like the Mets when I do my show on WFAN, and like you know we were just going crazy about Cam Reddish, and there's these civil wars among Knicks fans over the uses of Cam Reddish when like. In the grand scheme of the NBA, Cam Reddish is just a guy. Yeah. 
you know, I use the S word on WFAN describing these Mets because they were losing. I'm not going to put that on Cam Reddish, but those Mets guys are scrubs. A lot of these guys <laughs> they were complaining about scrubs. That's a $345 million team. I'm not going to say Cam Reddish is a scrub, but like the fact that people are getting worked up over Cam Reddish games and this is now another team that's moved on from him is 18, 18, 18 months, three franchises have, have, have had the opportunity to hold on to Cam Reddish and, uh, you know, and said, nah, we're good. You know, you, it was, it, was, it was nice meeting you, but take care. <laughs> yeah. So uh, maybe it wasn't, you know, Tom, as much as I, I have my issues with Tom Thibodeau, maybe it just wasn't all Tom Thibodeau's issue uh, with camera not being able to produce. So um, the last thing before we get to uh, the CBA, which we want to talk about in relation to free agency, do you think any more big trades happen? Like, I feel like what I fear is going to happen is like this off season is going to feel not that, What's the word? Like, like not that eventful because maybe a lot of these big names end up going back to their old teams. And we'll kind of forget that the big trades happened kind of already with Porzingis, Chris Paul, twice, <laughs> and Bradley Beal. Like, is there – and now it sounds like Dame Lillard may be okay with whatever Portland's doing. Like, I don't know what's going on with that. Like, do you think any other big trades happen this offseason, or do you think that uh, we're kind of done with some of the big stars moving? Uh, is Dame Lillard the starting point guard for the Blazers on opening night in October? I really, I really think he will be, I, and I think it's gonna be. In, I think it's gonna be insane. But like, and I don't know. If this is some long, weird, long game that that Lillard's playing, where eventually he's gonna then pull the rug out from them. But it just, just seems think, like I think he wants to win. I think he wants to stay in Portland. You know, it's like it's I like do Portland. too. Yeah, and I and I honestly I don't have an issue with it. I I think some people that have you know. Um, you know, called him out soft and, you know, not doesn't want to win enough. Like you can't have it both ways. You can't knock KD for joining super teams. And today's players, like all they want to do is join up with other players. Like yeah. Barkley, you know, didn't want to do that, even though we did. Jordan didn't need to do that, even though we had Pippen. You know, a million other reasons. You know, Stock, Stockton and Malone, you know, they had each other. Um, you know, there's all these, you know, today's players are soft because they just want to join super teams. They don't want to do it on their own. Like, okay, you can knock players for that. But then you can't also knock dame for staying loyal to his to his organization like i i've always been surprised that that more people aren't understanding like if it, let's say you're making you know a, a good living as an a, as an insurance adjuster on long island and then some you know some company in in, uh, in myrtle beach offers you to double your salary are you going to uproot your family when your sister-in-law and and, and right. grandma and grandpa live two towns over and you can meet with your you know your, your best friend lives in the city you get together once a month like there are other intrinsic values it's not just about highest you know obviously it's and, with, not and with lillard it's not even it's not even a salary thing he's going to make the same money <laughs> wherever he goes exactly so if he's just comfortable where he's at in the community um you know he places a higher you know even if he won a championship with the Miami Heat, does it make mean more to him to, to advance to, to to improve the the Blazers and have only a five percent chance of of making the finals? And I, listen, there's a scenario in which the Blazers have a good team next year. Scoot Henderson's a teenager, but he's a really talented, tenacious teenager. Um, the Shadon right. Sharp make a make a big jump this year. You assume they're going to re-sign Jeremy Grant. Um, you know, there's it, it, Nurkic is a good center. There's there's a there's a path there. Anthony Simons is a great shooter. You know, they keep them together, stay around 500, maybe move Simons at the deadline if if Scoot plays as well and get a wing or whatever the case might be. Thibel takes a step forward. Um, you know, listen, uh, the Nuggets are the odds on favorite, yes, but after that, are, does any 
other team in the West scare you? You know, could you not beat the 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 Grizzlies in a in a seven game series? You know, is it, it wouldn't be impossible for them to beat the Warriors or Lakers or you know or the Mavericks in a seven game series. So there's there's opportunities there. It's not as if he's guaranteed to finish you know with the 13th worst record in the in the West, which is actually fascinating. I heard somebody talking about it this morning. When's the last time we entered a season? Now the the Wizards are are have already hit the you know the tank rebuild. Yeah. Are they are the, is there any other team? You know the Pistons seem to be wanting to. They just paid their coach hundred million dollars. They have you right. know good Kate Cunningham's coming back. The Magic want to make the playoffs this year. Is there has there ever been a time ever that twenty nine of the thirty teams or more in the NBA want to make the playoffs? I can't remember one. You know. Yeah, and I think you know for those who are familiar with this draft class coming up, it's because it yeah. is not nearly as good as the class exactly. that just happened. So I think some of that is okay. We tried for Victor. We all lost except for the Spurs. So now it's time to try to win because we're not like itching to draft some of these kids that are uh, going to be going in top three next year. So. We just talked. We just talked about the Rockets. They're gonna they're gonna throw eighty million dollars at a win now point guard. You know, with the yeah. in his prime. So it's fascinating stuff.